Welcome to another episode of the Ask Aces podcast, where we connect you with science and answer common questions you may have regarding food, agriculture, families, and more. Today, we are joined by Josie Rudolphy, an assistant professor of agricultural and biological engineering in the College of Aces and University of Illinois Extension. She studies agricultural safety and health, especially mental health and farmers. Now, mental health is a concern in rural areas as farmers cope with stress and uncertainty due to economic and environmental conditions. To make matters worse, there are often no mental health providers in rural communities. Today, we'll talk about what some of the risk factors for depression and anxiety among farmers are and what resources are available to help. But first, Josie, let's start with a little bit about you. How did you get interested in ag mental health? That's a great question. When I was, uh, I finished my PhD at the University of Iowa in 2017 and took a job in central Wisconsin at a research institute. Um, and my boss at the time said, you can study whatever you want. You're a scientist. Um, just make sure it's something that you can put up with for the next 30 years. And at that point, I really thought I was going to focus on hearing loss um, and grain dust exposure and how those impact farmers' health. Um, but around the same time, there had been a number of sort of high profile or, or at least um, high attention media stories surrounding farmer suicide. This was right around um, uh, 2017. There was a big article in The Guardian. As a scientist, I really stopped and thought, what uh, is being done in this space? Uh, because I've been studying agricultural safety and health, and we typically focus on things like tractor incidences and livestock um, induced injuries. And, and the question of who is studying mental health and, and what's being done in this space was really a question I had. And so um, that sort of uh, started a Google search, which then led to, you know, three years later, it's it's really been my focus. So, um, Wow, good for you for yeah. tackling that. So as you started researching this area, what barriers did you notice start coming up? Well, we really don't have a lot of data about uh, kind of the mental health status of farmers. Um, from a research perspective, we had to rely a lot on what had been done um, in the UK, in other parts of Europe, and Australia. Um, each of those um, countries and continents had done much more research examining um, the mental health status of farmers. In the United States, we know uh, mental health is, is stigmatized. Um, we know that there are a ton of barriers in terms of, of accessing mental health, um, and it makes it a really tough topic to study. Um, and so we really lack some of that basic epidemiological data to suggest um, how big this problem really is. So as you've started to research it more and really dive into the problems, what have your main projects fo focused on? One of our first projects uh, was completed about a year ago, and we surveyed young farmers and ranchers in uh, four Midwestern states, and we screened them for anxiety and depression using um, pretty standard, well-validated um, screening instruments. So we weren't diagnosing for um, anxiety or depression. We were simply screening like you might be screened at a, screened at a primary care um, office. And what we found is that among um, participants in our survey, 60% uh, screened positive for at least mild symptoms of depression and almost 70% screened positive for mild symptoms of anxiety. Wow. Um, and those numbers are quite high. They're higher than um, what we see in the U.S. population at any given time. And we were fortunate to have a psychiatrist on board um, on the project um, as an advisor and a researcher. And he was quite surprised at what was happening, um, what we were seeing and what the data were suggesting. Do you know off the top of your head relative to other career paths, how that compares? 
Um, we didn't have a really good control group, and that's another kind of question we have is how does this compare with other other occupations and other young people in the United States? What we do know is that in the United States, we expect to see um, one in five or about 20% of the population um, experience um, episodes of depression or anxiety in a year. And can you go a little bit more into detail on some of your specifically extension efforts working through ag mental health? Absolutely. So we're very fortunate in Illinois um, to have a very active um, extension program. And we have people in extension who recognize this is a a big issue um, and are really um, ambitious and excited to be part of the solution. So we have a farm stress group, and it's a group of um, extension personnel around the state who have really kind of taken this issue as one of their own. Um, And they're working to deliver programming um, and webinars for people um, through University Extension. So another really interesting opportunity uh, we'll have an extension this spring is we're going to bring mental health first aid to rural and agricultural Illinois. Um, And what that means is mental health first aid is a really well-evaluated program where anybody, regardless of your mental health experience or background, can participate in an eight-hour course um, and come out feeling as though you are prepared to deal with a mental health crisis. Very similar to the way CPR or first aid trains someone to deal with cardiac emergency or, or um, trauma. This teaches somebody how to de-escalate um, a mental health crisis in their family, their friends, in their community. So we're bringing that to, to uh, rural and agricultural Illinois. We're inviting um, individuals who, who interact with farmers um, farm families um, to participate in that so that we can really build capacity in communities to be addressing um, some of these, again, mental health crises that we don't have uh, true mental health care providers to deal with. Have you been able to put on or participate in these types of uh, workshops before, or is this going to be the first one? This is not the first one. So this, like I said, this is a, a very um, well-established program. Um, we're doing this in partnership with um, a couple other states in the North Central region. We were awarded a grant from USDA. It's one of the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network grants. And this is something that's been pilot tested on a small scale in a couple of other states. Um, for example, when I was in Wisconsin, uh, we recognized our dairy producers were really dealing with high levels of stress, um, certainly experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression. There had been a few uh, suicides in the area. Um, and so we brought the program up there, again, delivered it to uh, people who surround our farmers personally and professionally and would really be on the first line of defense um, if they were to encounter somebody who was who was having a crisis. What was the reception to that program? The reception was um, really very positive. People said they um, had developed the skills necessary to de-escalate a situation. They had confidence in doing so, and those are two very important pieces of of making sure somebody who is not trained in in mental health care feels like they're empowered to do something for their friends and family. And I think a really important piece of this program is that it, it, as somebody who participates in the course, you are surrounded for a day by others who feel that this is important. And so you come out knowing that you have a network of individuals who you can rely on um, if there is a situation that you can't address. You sort of have your team of people um, who can offer you support and guidance um, while we all fight this fight. That's amazing. Sort of get a support group established at the same time. Absolutely. Excellent. When working with farmers and rural communities, what are the most common mental health conditions that are coming up that you notice? Mm-hmm. I think we always need to be worried about suicide, right? And that's really what sparked a lot of the conversations we're having is the CDC re- uh, released a report in 2017 that said farmers, ag forester and fishermen have the highest rate of suicide. And they retracted that and reran the data and found that it had been misclassified. But we certainly need to be concerned about suicide. We know ag forestry fishing may not be 
um, have the highest rate of suicide, but we know risk factors for suicide include things like being white, male, and between the ages of 45 and 65. And that describes a farmer in the United States pretty well. Um, But beyond that, I think thinking upstream, we really need to think about um, anxiety and depression, especially. I think those are what we see. Those are the most common mental health disorders in the country. Um, We certainly need to be worried about those, I think, in our population. You mentioned the industries where we see these coming up most frequently, but what risk factors in particular Mm -hmm. really prime farmers to be more susceptible to depression and anxiety? I think a really important risk factor and something we need to think about when we talk about this is stress. And we all experience stress, but there are several types of stress. And so acute stress is short term. Um, It's the kind of stress we experience when we're preparing for an examination or, you know, we're preparing for a trip. And it's it's really short term um, and it's resolved relatively quickly. What our farmers are experiencing is chronic stress. And so it's periods of a tremendous amount of stress. Um, The stress is piling up and there's really no respite from that. And we can see a prime example of that being almost the last year in the Midwest where planting conditions aren't wonderful and then um, wet conditions all summer lead to a really unfavorable harvest um, compounded with commodity prices and and all sorts of, of factors beyond our control. Those are certainly, I think, when we think about chronic stress, is certainly a risk factor for anxiety and depression. Um, in the study we did uh, a few years ago, the one I, I just referenced, um, we found that people who reported high levels of personal financial stress, economic stress, so again, big picture um, economic issues mm-hmm. that are out of our control, um, and time pressures, people who said they didn't have enough time to get everything done, all of those were associated with anxiety and depression. And importantly, um, I think it's really important to mention that some of these are financial, and that's really when we start to have this conversation is when we've had terrible um, financial outcomes. But a lot of these are not financial. And so we also saw um, individuals who reported a high amount of interpersonal stress associated with anxiety and depression. And those are things like um, working with your employees, um, working with your family, right? Those sorts of characteristics um, that even when prices rebound and and it seems like it's going to be a bumper crop, there's still these these stressful components to this industry. So everyone can relate to the seasonal stress that follows through spring and then again through harvest. These sort of more severe types of situation, it's not just tied to the season. It's consistent. Right. Absolutely. I think we didn't find weather to be associated with anxiety and depression in our study. Mm-hmm. Um, however, we surveyed in February. Um, I think if we were to survey several times throughout the year, we might see that environmental conditions contribute to anxiety and depression, undoubtedly, which speaks volumes, I think, to how we program. Right. And in recognizing that there might be periods that are um, especially risky for individuals um, in situations that cause a lot of stress, it'll give us an opportunity to be more um, effective in our programming and when we deliver that. Now, one of the things you mentioned earlier that you talk about is suicide. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's never a comfortable topic that people want to talk about. What do we know currently about the suicide rate amongst our farmers? That is a really good question. And it's super complex. Um, I've started to do some digging into some of the data we have available. There are a lot of limitations to the data. And the first is that these are pretty rare events. And so the less events you have to analyze, the less confident you can be in your results. So that's really one of the first barriers. Um, We know that the CDC uh, data that was released, they had misclassified individuals. And just briefly, they had um, placed farm managers, sort of our typical farm owner operator that we imagine, um, in with farm workers. And we know those are two very different uh, groups of people. 
So they took the, the farm managers out and they put them in into a group of management. Um, but that includes people who are high school principals. And that includes um, f- CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. And so again, this group is really a, a, like a miscellaneous group of individuals. And so it's really hard to say that our farmers experience the exact same life experiences as these individuals. So the data is very confusing. And when they re-ran the data, they found that f- managers, the management category, um, actually probably ranked like seventh or eighth in terms of rate of suicide. And that's hard to say that this is a major issue in our industry. But I think what's really important is that we keep in mind that we're 2% of the population. All right. And then and then the fact that it's compounded because we have so few um, numbers to work with, uh, it really might sort of deflate the magnitude of this issue. So like I said before, I think we should all be very concerned about suicide. Suicide is, is um, a growing concern among all groups of, popul- of the population in the United States. Um, and we consider risk factors for suicide being um, male, being between the ages of 45 and 65, um, being Caucasian, and then being rural, we know that this is an issue and something to be um, pretty concerned about. Right. And just because you're ranked seventh instead of first does not mean you should be any less right. worried yeah. about the concern yeah, for suicide. Yeah, there's no safe ranking in that one. Right. right. Like you don't want to be in that ranking at all. So, no. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Extension is working with uh, others' mental health first aid mm-hmm. to try to tackle all of these, all of these problems. Who else is working in this space? That's a really good question. In, in Illinois, we have uh, quite a few people who are really invested in this cause. And um, I'm part of a, a farm family resource initiative that was um, put together by um, Scott Bennett at, at the um, Illinois Senate. Um, and there are individuals from Health and Human Services, the Department of Ag. Um, most universities in the state have somebody representative. Extension is obviously at the table. Illinois AgriAbility, which is one of our extension programs, is at the table. Um, and so that group um, is really focused on developing resources that don't exist yet. And our question is, what what exists and what doesn't exist yet? And so one event we're hosting, AgriAbility is hosting in March, actually, is um, it's called an Ag Mental Health Summit. And the idea is to really bring together anybody in Illinois who's working in this space, because there's likely somebody working that we don't even know about. Um, It seems as though every other day there's a new webinar or a new website or um, there are people tweeting about ag mental health. So we really want to get all of those people together uh, in Bloomington and literally catalog what we have available in the state. Um, And what that allows to do is identify if there's any gaps right? Make sure that every quadrant of the state is being serviced, um, that every population within the state is being serviced, and hopefully allow um, an opportunity for collaboration and improved dissemination. Uh, we know there are farm organizations who are asking for, for resources information. Um, and we hypothesize that that information and those resources already exist. And so the idea um, in March is to really marry the two and bring, bring everyone together. You mentioned earlier that there's no real large historical research to mm-hmm. fall back on on this topic. So what have you been most excited about or what are you what are you most optimistic about looking forward? I think from a research perspective, um, I'm excited that uh, this issue is getting attention and therefore it'll hopefully get some research dollars behind it. Um, So we have put together several proposals to do a better job of, again, quantifying the burden of uh, mental health disorders in our population, trying to test really innovative interventions um, to hopefully um, improve mental well-being in general. And I think that's going to be extremely valuable to to researchers and also to extension. That's what's going to inform our future efforts. It's going to give us something um, to sort of start monitoring. Hopefully we can develop some sort of surveillance system where we can consistently monitor um, the mental health of rural Illinois, farm Illinois, um, and give us an idea as to when those really high-risk periods are, 
um, maybe allow us to do some forecasting, again, so we can um, improve our programming and, and the resources available for our farms and our farm families. Like, let's not forget that our farmers um, are often one piece of sort of a that farm tapestry, right? And we have, we have spouses in there and we have children in there. And, and each of these people probably require very specific programming and, and sorts of protections. Right. And what are some resources that are currently available for farmers or their families or other support systems that they look to rely on for, let's say, stress management mm-hmm. or other mental health issues? So the, um, the state of Illinois is working to get a hotline established. Um, and in the meantime, I always refer people to the Iowa Concern Hotline. Um, and uh, that hotline, you do not have to show, you know, like your Iowa ID. Um, and they'll answer the phone and they'll talk to anybody. And I think I like a a lot about that hotline is that it um, offers crisis help, but it also offers um, legal advice, um, financial advice. Um, The hotline is really stocked with individuals who can help answer a myriad of those sort of farm management questions. Um, If somebody feels like they are really in crisis, I would advise them to contact their primary care physician. It's always a first line of defense, I would say. Um, They will help, they will prescribe medication if necessary. Um, and they will help you navigate your mental health networks that might be available to you via insurance and also sort of geographic region. We have a number of what I would say um, other good hotlines in the country, um, but in terms of websites where there's a ton of resources, um, right now uh, one that I'm really a fan of is called Farm State of Mind, and it's put on, um, it's produced by Acceleron and Bayer, um, and they've sort of compiled a list of resources um, and links for individuals online. All right. And you also mentioned the mental health first aid Mm -hmm. workshops coming to rural Illinois Mm -hmm. this summer. Where can farmers or families go to find out more information on those? So those are in their very early stages of development. So by the time um, we get them scheduled, we are going to be full press getting information out there. If anybody feels like they they should have heard something by a certain point, they're free to contact me. My email is josiear at illinois.edu. Um, but like I said, we're going to be pushing those out via um, my Twitter, um, hopefully extension Twitter. Um, and of course, um, all of our extension um, educators will hopefully be advertising those in the areas. Our goal is to get five sort of sprinkled around Illinois um, before summer. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we go here today? Um, I would just say if this is something that interests anybody, I would encourage them to, to become an advocate and become involved. I know it seems very overwhelming and very scary. I think a really great quote I heard from um, an agribusiness individual in, in Wisconsin was he'd been a salesperson for a lot of years. And he said, these are my friends. Um, these are our family. I want to help, but I just don't know how. I think that's where a lot of us are. Um, is that we want to do something, but we don't know how. And so um, even if it means equipping yourself with some phone numbers in case a friend needs them, um, getting yourself trained in mental health first aid, there's a lot you can do even if you feel like you're not an expert. I think that's where we all are. And that's really a fine place to be. Thank you very much, Josie, for joining us and for answering some of our questions on this really important issue. Again, that was Josie Rudolphy, Assistant Professor of Agricultural and Biological Engineering with the College of ACES and University of Illinois Extension. Join us next time for another Ask ACES podcast.